see, I, I think I'm offering the insightful commentary and the humor. So what am I here for? The color? They pick the low day, but so it's fine. They have each other's bags, and today is finally done. In a world setting in a Georgia town. On a show about libraries and visual sound. In the stacks of the library, where it always starts. The stacks are much more than either of them thoughts. It's Thursday for mayhem, it's Thursday for fun. In the stacks with Barry and the Goya, it's second to none. Hello, welcome back to another episode of In the Stacks with Barry and Latoya. Yeah, so you're actually here. Yes, I'm here. Yeah, so you know, usually you're like bitching that you know, oh, Barry almost didn't want to record or this kind of thing, right? Yeah. But tonight, you know, here I am sitting here waiting to go early as usual, like thirty minutes before we're supposed to start recording. Yeah, but you know, I'm not harassing you or anything. I'm just here, <laughs> right? Okay. And then I get a text. It's like you know, oh, can we bump it back? Right? Because my food from Wendy's isn't here yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, I can't help it. I, so I haven't eaten anything today. I had my mom brought me some cantaloupe, and that's what I had this morning. That's all I've eaten today. And I've just been heads, heads down in a project the whole day. And when I realized, oh, yeah, I probably need to eat, I looked at the time and thought, okay, I'll have enough time for them to deliver the food and me eat and then us record. Well, that didn't quite happen because right at recording time, I got a text from the person who was picking up the delivery to say, oh yeah, there's a line at Wendy's, so it's gonna be a while. Mm. So, so I am very hangry right now, and um, I'm just hoping that I'll still be able to be entertaining enough for our audience. <laughs> I'm sure you will, I'm sure you will. So have you actually, are you wearing the headset today? Yeah, so um, I am wearing these things, and I have to say they're they're really comfortable. Um, the ones that now have two ears, yeah, right? Yeah, I was gonna okay. say I don't know who came up with the idea of putting like foam for both ears. Uh huh. It it's really brilliant um, <laughs> because I have it sitting on my head now. It's very comfortable, right? It feels like I'm wearing like a, like pillows on both my ears, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. As opposed to normally when I had like a pillow on one ear and then like shooting jabbing pain in the other so it's it's you know a lot more comfortable um well like i said we're now both using the very same headset so outside of the fact that you are using wi-fi instead of having uh using wired for our recording i suppose that this will just have to do for now yeah until we can afford a yeti or something (laughs) well we used to have a yeti i know yes we did you and know. I'm like, I thought that maybe you had it because I don't have it. And I'm like, yeah. you know, who would use it if we weren't using it? So, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sitting here with these things on my ears mm-hmm. and new glasses. Yeah, I saw those glasses. Your very studious glasses. You posted on Facebook. Yeah, and, and several people, I mean, I, I, like four different people have said they look like Harry Potter glasses. They do. Oh, my gosh. I didn't say that to you, but... When I, I don't know if they're right. They, I don't really think they look like Harry Potter glasses. They do, like on your face, they do. Yeah. Well, so I, I asked one of, my, one of my favorite students today, right? She mm-hmm. was like, oh, you're wearing your new glasses. I was like, yeah. I said, you know, people keep saying they look like Harry Potter glasses. I said, I don't know if that's a compliment or not. And she was like, oh, no, I think you look really cute in them. I'm like, oh, well, thank you. You know. And, <laughs> well, um, I didn't really answer it. Yeah, they look like Harry Potter glasses for you. And you look totally fine in them. <laughs> yeah, well, so I bought them online. 
right? Wow. I this website with an app and they actually like, cause I didn't know what my prescription was. Right. Mm -hmm. So they took my glasses and I had to like do all this stuff with the app. And anyway, it actually came up with my prescription based on the lenses. Right. And so and it could it, tell that using just the app to figure that, figure yeah. that out. Wow. Yep. So you like put it, hold it in front of like the camera and like yeah. move it around and all this stuff. And then they like did this thing where I put like a, um, some sort of like credit card size thing on my forehead. Mm -hmm. And that would help them like size it. Right. And, um, then, uh, they got, had my prescription in there. And so I went and they had all these different glasses, right. But I couldn't see ones that looked just like my old ones. Cause I mm -hmm. was just kind of like the old ones. And, um, they like projected them on through the webcam on your face. And, um, so I liked these, I thought they looked pretty decent. And, um, but apparently I don't like Harry Potter. I don't know. Yeah. But that's not a bad thing. Yeah. So yeah, when you sent me the picture, because I know you're like, oh, she'll probably never look on Facebook, and I did see yes. it on Facebook. But yeah, I when I immediately saw it, I wanted to draw the lightning bolt. <laughs> <You're for Okay. laughs> but yeah, I did not say, oh yeah, those are Harry Potter glasses. But yeah, they look completely fine, and I'm I'm surprised. Well, I shouldn't be that the technology has advanced itself so much that you can just do it from home. Pick your frames and then be able to determine what your prescription is without having the script from your optometrist. Yeah. That's insane. And I tell you, actually, I think I see better with these than with my old glasses. Hmm. Um, especially the, the bifocal part. Um, you got like, bifocals. Ooh, I've had okay. bifocals for years. I didn't know that. Part <laughs> where, you know, when you look down low for reading up close mm -hmm. uh, in my old glasses, it was never comfortable. And so I would just take them off. It, when I was reading something up close. Mm -hmm. um, and that's actually what led to me breaking it. But anyway, um, so <laughs> this time I have, you know, I'm, I can do it fine. You know, I mean, it's, it's so crystal clear up close and I can see far away. It's just perfect. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, mean, I understand again, why. I mean, it's the same prescription, but they just, it's much better. Maybe they fine tuned it a little bit. Don't know. Don't or maybe it's just a psychological thing. You just think it, it's better. Oh, no, no, it's better. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. I mean, before, like I said, when I was trying to read up close, it was like, oh, it's, it's not working. You know, I'd like have to move the book different distances and stuff. Didn't work. Yeah, I don't know if I, I mean, it's so weird because I'm like, I know I've always gone to an optometrist. And so I don't know if I'd be comfortable enough with not being somewhere to try them on and then size it because I always have to have them adjust it. I've never just gotten a pair of glasses and I just put it on and it fits. So, huh, that is really interesting. Well, and you know, I was a little worried cause I'd never done it before, but, um, it was it out of Canada or something? Cause I mean, can they legally do that without getting the prescription from your optometrist? Well, you know, a lot of like my optometrist usually gives me a piece of paper with like I, what I assume is the prescription on it, but you mm -hmm. can't read it because he's a doctor. <laughs> um, so, I mean, they say, you know, if you know the prescription, you could just type it in, you know, but I didn't know it. So I had to go through the app. Um, wow. So, I mean, yeah, it's just like going to any place to buy the glasses, you know. Yeah, um, no, that's just really cool. I honestly did not realize it had gotten to that point. Yeah. So it took about six days for me ordering them to get them. Because oh wow! That was like really quick. Days for them to make them, right? Then they uh, have a day where they say they're going through, you know, like I don't know, checking them, you know, inspecting them by Inspector Thirteen or something, and then they mail it to me. And I paid for the expedited thing. 
Oh, okay. So from the day they said that they had finished it, I had them the next day. Oh, that is awesome. Um, of course, the expedited shipping was like $12, which wasn't that bad for expedited shipping. I mean. Well, but so like consider some, I'm, I'm assuming you have all the options you would if you were inside the doctor's, the eye doctor's office where you can say what type of lens you want to buy, um, yes. what is a polycarbonate or whatever. Yes. Um, what happens though, like if they don't fit you correctly or anything like that, do you then have to go to an actual optometrist or? Can, or you can send them back. Um, and they'll adjust them and send them back to you. But, you know, I probably wouldn't have done that, but the mine fit fine. Um, but I did see some of the reviews. Some people were like, oh, you know, it came and it wasn't the right prescription, but, you know, I sent it back and they s sent me another pair for free and that kind of stuff. Oh, cool. Well, hey, as long as it works for you, and I'm glad to now know that that is an option that's out there. Um, you know, for the most part, I enjoy or prefer to just buy stuff online. Like, I don't know if I could live without Amazon or some sort of, um, you know, Amazon alternative. <laughs> uh, but for, like, even now, I do my grocery shopping online, and I'll just go pick it up because we used to be in an area where it, they would offer delivery and now they don't because like I get my groceries from Kroger generally, they right. partner with Instacart. And so the, of course the delivery side of it is not handled in house anymore. It used to be apparently. So now I just have the option of going, just ordering it online, picking the time and day I want to go pick it up. And then I just, you know, drive up to, they have special parking spots now just for that purpose. And I'll go pick it up and come home. So I don't have to go in the grocery store, which is good and bad because I used to use that time to get some exercise, you know, some extra steps in because I would force myself to go down the majority of the aisles. Yeah. But, you know, the, the downside to that is then you start picking up all the stuff that wasn't on your list and you probably shouldn't be buying anyway. So, yeah, I, I just do it from home now and just go and pick it up yeah i mean i i one of my co-teachers last year she would do that she would always just order all of her groceries and stuff from walmart mm -hmm. and then she would just stop by in the afternoon and they would bring them out and put them in her car you know yeah yeah and i mean i did when i first started doing it i did we did do uh walmart because they only had the you know pickup option and then i switched over to kroger because they offered delivery and then now you know so i'm like whatever i prefer kroger over uh, walmart f just in terms of quality and stuff even right. though you're gonna pay a little bit more but it's nice to have the option so so yeah if you hear me drinking I'm, i i do have a yoohoo of course um, you do well I, <laughs> yesterday i realized i was down to one yoohoo Oh no. <laughs> right. And so I was like, do I go and drink it and not have one for the show? Right. But instead I skipped it yesterday and left it for the show. Cause I knew I wasn't going to go to the store today. Cause I just didn't feel like. It. So um, it's kind of like you having a drink, uh, you know, alcoholic drink while you're on the show to kind of mellow you out and stuff. Exactly. If I'm going to spend an hour talking to you, I need. Oh, wow. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Um, but a, a couple of days ago, not only did I forget to get the Yoohoo cause I, I, I honestly, I thought I had more Yoohoo than that. Than I, I had, mm -hmm. um, but I forgot to get my allergy medicine. And, I managed uh, to forget that. <laughs> but it wasn't on the list, right? Okay. So, like two days in a row now, I haven't had it. And then today, I was like, "Well, I, maybe I'll stop this afternoon," but I didn't, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> we'll see how this goes. But um, 
I was thinking, you know, hell, maybe I should just go and order it from Amazon because it'll probably get here before <laughs> exactly. I do my shopping trip. Exactly. You know, I don't want to order just a bottle of like Allegra. <laughs> Why not? And then, well, I mean, yeah, I there are occasions I'll order just one thing, but yeah, I do try to order more than one thing so that it's not because you know they're so terrible with the way they do the packaging so you may have that little box of allegra inside of a larger box that they could have used for something else so right. so yeah no oh i have some really really great news okay we're getting a chick-fil-a near my house <laughs> you don't have one near your house well so there's one in covington and there's one in conyers and from where i live they're almost equal distance apart well, this one is going to be like half that distance. So it's going to be, we have basically on that, that, that street is there's currently a McDonald's and mm. then across, and then it'll be, it's the Chick-fil-A that's next door across the street is uh, Zaxby's, Wendy's. And I think there's one more and that's all of those are inside of the Walmart parking lot. So, I mean, for me, Chick-fil-A has the best fast food and it's not even really like to me, I don't count them as fast food, but like they're the cream of the crop. So I can um, foresee myself going there frequently because again, they have the best ordering app. I love their app and you know, I think their quality of food is really good. So, and, and you know, of course I love their milkshakes. I like Zaxby's better. No, no. Oh, yeah. There's Zaxby's over there. That's what. Well, yeah. Anyway. I I eat at Zaxby's way too much. But mm -mm. Um, I mean, I like Chick Fil A. I do. But you know, and maybe I would like them better if their politics were better. You know. Maybe well, I, you have to not think about that. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I agreed with their politics, I would not eat there. And there are other people that you and I know who obviously don't agree with their politics, but still eat yeah. there. It's Chick Fil A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I still eat there. Yeah, you know, but I wonder if if like it doesn't taste as good to me now. If I know, <laughs> I mean, I still like it. Has that taste not, to it? Yeah, it's not as good as it used to be, and I wonder if it's like some sort of you know psychological thing. Maybe because I've gotten to the point where I just forget about their political stance because I'm like you know the whole ignorance is bliss. So right. I just don't think about it. I because I'm like I can't not like their food. Maybe they're, oh no, I was going to say something. It would have sounded so horrible. So I'm not going to say it. Okay. <laughs> no, I was like, oh, I got to think about the audience here. I don't know. Someone might take that out of context. So, <laughs> anyway. Was this something about churches? Uh, no, not really. But I think that <laughs> considering how hungry I am and how delirious I must really be, uh -huh. that it would not have been an appropriate comment. So. Okay. All right. So yeah, well, so I understand you've you've had some dental problems. Well, yes. So I have had to get another crown, and mm. I didn't really okay. For one, I hate dental insurance. I and I also would prefer to go to the doctor versus a dentist any day. I mean, I don't care what the doctor's doing. They could be giving me shots. I can be doing an MRI with a dentist. If they're in your mouth and especially if they're drilling or doing anything, you cannot take yourself away from that mentally. They're in your mouth. You can hear it in your head yeah. anyway. So I had forgotten that they were watching a tooth that would probably need 
a crown because years ago when I'd gotten gone to, I think probably Dr. Davidson in Milledgeville, they had filled it. So, you know, it had been over a decade since the filling was there. And they had said that, you know, when it comes out, you know, or that they were just watching it. Again, I didn't put two and two together to think that, well, that filling was large enough that they were going to have to do a crown. So last week, I guess, last week, I think it was, I, you know, went and, you know, I was like, you guys just need to fix it. I I don't, you know, there's not an option because there was, I mean, I still had a fairly intact tooth, but there was basically, you know, a, a hole. I mean, I couldn't feel anything in terms of it being uncomfortable or anything like that, but they had said that ultimately the tooth would split. Um, which would then probably necessitate me getting a root canal. And I've already had that and I don't want to do that again. So um, although when I was there getting the procedure done, I was like, hell, I for this may as well have been the root canal for as much as they were going to town on my tooth. So mm-hmm. uh, prior to giving the okay, because I thought, oh, they're going to go in and they're going to just fill it and I can go on my, my merry way. No, no. They're like, yeah, you have to get a crown. I was like, oh, crap. So with my dental insurance, I still actually have that through the state. Well, you know, having worked at the library for as long as I did, it was one of the coverages that I was allowed to keep. But it's one of those things that if you if you ever drop it, you lose it forever. Right. So I always just keep that dental coverage. And on occasion, I will step up to the higher tier plan, especially if I know I'm going to have to have some dental work done. Well, again, I wasn't thinking about it come renewal time or, you know, or open enrollment time. So they told me prior to, well, (laughs) okay, they told me after they'd already numbed me up and stuff, how much it was going to be. And (laughs) they were like, yeah, it's going to be like 990. And I was like, you know what? I said, but don't I have insurance? They're like, well, yeah, but your insurance, essentially most of that just goes to pay your your cleanings for the year and I'm like there's only two cleanings so I don't understand what's going on well yeah yeah. so that day when they did the temporary crown I had to pay $495 up front now technically that money was in my account technically speaking but outside of the technicality that money wasn't actually there so it was a very interesting (laughs) feel well you know the balance happened to be there at that time so it was a very interesting feeling uh having to (laughs) get the procedure done be annoyed about what they were doing in my mouth and then thinking about the things that i had to shuffle around and i think at one point i was trying to use my apple watch to see what my bank the the um, my account balance was uh-huh. I couldn't do that so i had to get my phone out while they were they went off to do something else like you know you they inject you and you have to sit there for a while so I'm scurrying to look for, you know, okay, do I have enough money in my bank account to pay for it? And so, again, just the general irritation. So when I go back, I was supposedly going to have to pay another four ninety five. But when I looked at the insurance information, it looks like they actually covered more than we anticipated. So I'm yeah. going to have to pay like two seventy one additional. However. Yeah, about what I paid for, for mine. What, for your, for your crown? Yeah. See, yeah. Um, again, I just take the the basic insurance, and so that's why, um, you know, I think. Well, my deductible or is 
or they'll pay $500 or something, whereas the upper tier, then they'll pay up to, I think, $1,500. But again, since I don't generally have any issues, I don't get the upper tier because I think per month I pay 50 something dollars and to go to the higher tier, it's like 80 something dollars a month. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's not that serious, especially since more often than not, you're going to the doctor, the dentist's office like twice a year. So, so yeah, I, I ended up reading an article about, because I was like, you know, why does it cost so much to go to the dentist? And sure enough, there was a, an article I found uh, titled why a trip to the dentist costs so much now and what we can do about it. And they're saying that essentially, unlike doctors, dentists have a little bit more wiggle room with what they can do in terms of their charging. Uh-huh. And they actually make more money per year. A general dentist makes more money per year than a general, uh, like a, phys- a physician. Hmm. And, and just a general practitioner for that matter. And I was like, yeah, that makes about, that makes sense. Because, you know, again, the doctor's office, there's, I'm usually like, yeah, the insurance will take care of it, blah, blah, blah. But with the dentist, not so much. And yeah, they can, they have a better control of what it is that they're going to charge. And in some cases, the, the pricing can vary just by dentist to dentist in the same town. Mm. So, so yeah, I mean, I just, ugh, it, it's, it's just frustrating. So yes, I now have a temporary crown. I'm waiting until, so they sent off, of course, to get the permanent crown. And so I'll be the first week of September getting the permanent in. And I'm not looking forward to it because just like right now, my, my mouth is finally starting to feel normal. And so, you know, when the permanent comes in, then they're going to have to go and, you know, do all that drilling and all that fun stuff and, and go and make everything tender again. So. Yeah. Mine, I, yeah, I didn't expect them to remove as much of the tooth as they did. Exactly. Um, Me too. They filed that thing down to like a nub. Oh yeah. There's like, there's like, there's like just this little tiny thing. And I'm like, wow, is is that all that's left of my tooth? Exactly. Basically just to, to cover like the root. And, uh, and I'm like, insane. Oh, my wow. food is here. I can see it on the camera. All right. So I guess you'll go and pick up your food and I'll just continue talking. Is that really what you want to do? <laughs> well, I don't know. How long is it going to take you to eat? I don't know. It's going to be a minute. So I will just come back once I've eaten. How about that? All right. How do I know when you've eaten? I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll text you. You can stay right. on, but I'll text you. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. All right, so I have my food. I'm disappointed because even after that very long wait, they managed to mess up my order, which... I guess you didn't check it until they were already gone. Well, no, I checked it when he brought his door. What was I going to do? Tell him, oh, you, they brought the, you brought me the wrong Frosty. Go back and get it. You know, um, I can... Well, on the, on, the door, on the DoorDash app, I can actually tell them, you know, something was wrong. Yeah. And so I'll end up doing that and they'll just have to credit it back or something. But yeah, I ordered a vanilla frosty. I mean, do I seem like a chocolate kind of person? No. I ordered a vanilla frosty and they brought a chocolate frosty. And that wasn't the only thing I ordered, obviously. But um I've not yet decided to open the bag open the bag to see if my sandwich is correct. But 
anyway, so in the interest of keeping, <laughs> keeping time and getting our show <laughs> recorded, I'm going to be munching away and maybe interject some mm-hmm or whatever <laughs> while you, you take over um, so I can eat something. Okay. So what's next? Um, so, you know, I podcast. So I was thinking about another podcast this week, um, but I still haven't decided. I, I, I hit the wrong button. <laughs> okay, say what, you <laughs> say what you just said. I meant to hit the mute button and hit the pause button. And yeah, it's, uh, so yes, no, I'm too So hungry. nobody heard my brilliance? No, of course not. It's, d just say it again. <laughs> I was just saying that last week you said that I should be doing another podcast. And so I've been thinking about it this week, but I haven't decided what I want to do. And then there's the whole, you know, having to pay to have it hosted too. And, you know, I don't really have any money. So, um, so I don't know yet, but I'm still thinking about it. Um, so I went looking for some entertainment news to share, right? And so I went to Entertainment Weekly earlier today. And the first thing I saw was that Brody Jenner, which apparently they have like boy Jenners now. I didn't realize this, but. Brody Jenner apparently is related to the other Kar Kardashians or whatever. And so the first thing I saw was that Brody yeah, Jenner. Yeah, siblings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That Brody Jenner was dating Jose Canseco, right? And I was like, WTF, right? The steroid, uh, you know, bash brother from the Oakland A's of the late 1980s, early 1990s. And then I saw a picture of Jose Canseco, and I'm like, who the hell's that? And it turns out it's <laughs> Josie Canseco. Okay, because, yeah, I was about to say, Jose's I didn't daughter. think he swung that way. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. So Brody Jenner is dating Jose's daughter, Josie. Which is interesting, considering the fact that he was just, he was, quote-unquote, married, but not officially married, and that whole thing just fell apart recently. And then his ex was seen with Miley Cyrus, who, of course, just broke up, or is about to divorce, um, what is it, Liam Hemsworth? What the hell is wrong with you? What? <laughs> okay, continue, continue talking. I'm going to eat my french fries. Wow. So do you, I mean, do you watch the Kardashian shows? No, I stopped watching it. Okay. But I see in headlines, because I have the E! News app, and okay. All right. I'll scroll through and see different headlines, but I actually stopped watching Kardashians a couple of years ago. I'd never heard of this Brody Jenner person. How have you um, never heard of Brody? I think he was on like the OC or the Hills or one of those shows. But yeah, he's Bruce's or is what's Bruce's name now? Bruce Jenner's son that he had with Linda Thompson, who was married to Elvis at one point. So yeah, anyway. The hell? Yeah, I know too much. <laughs> but go ahead. Go ahead. Wow. Anyway, so yeah, when I just saw the, the headline, uh, I was like, I've got to mention that. Brody and Jose. But um See what else is going on this week. Um, I've almost finished the novel uh, that I'm writing. Um, I'm literally in the last scene now, and I'm curious how it's going to end. So what, um, what is this novel about? What is, do you have a title? What is, tell us more about uh, the, the book. Well, it's, it's the 11th book in the Lazarus Gray series. And, uh, so it's actually called uh, 30 Pieces of Silver. Um, but, yeah, I've been building towards this, this shocking twist ending. Right. And I'm writing it right now and I'm not sure how far I'm going to go with it. Um, I think I'm going to go fairly far. I'm writing it and, and like, wow, I wonder what's about to happen. Right. <laughs> so, you, oh, so you're writing it without really knowing where it's going. Well, I have ideas, but I'm okay. like, wow, do I really want to do that. Cause that's, that's, 
that's pretty. You should just let the writing take you. And I mean, in the end, right, if so you want to change it, then. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's what I'm doing. So as I'm writing this scene, and I was working on it, you know, before you, you came on and said, we could go ahead and do the show. Um, I was like, you know, I was like, oh man, it's, it just, I wonder how far I'm going to go. I don't know. I'll have to see. Um, That's a cliffhanger right there. So, I mean, I'm assuming it could be uh, very precarious for Lazarus Gray. Uh, well, very precarious for somebody else. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But um, it would lead direct. I mean, I would have to do a book 12. I couldn't leave it at, at this because people, people are going to be very pissed off when they, when they read it. So, well, I mean, but uh, although, as although a writer. Knowing me, perfect way to never touch it again. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But yeah, no, as a writer, at least you know that you you would have more for another book. You know. Yeah, so. that's true. That's true. Yeah. Of course, I mean, I always have more ideas for Lazarus Gray anyway. Um, <laughs> so earlier um, this week, I watched a movie called American Hangman. Um, it was on Netflix. And, uh, and I was just looking for something to watch. And it actually popped up as recommended for me. And I was like, hmm, okay. So I started watching it and I saw it had Donald Sutherland in it. And I always liked Donald Sutherland. And, uh, you know, he's ancient now. He's pretty Yeah, old. he is. And um, so I was like, that's interesting, Donald Sutherland. And so I started watching it and it's, it's an interesting premise. It's a, uh, he plays a judge who is kidnapped by this guy who basically puts him on trial on social media. And so he's streaming this trial and he's going to let people vote on whether or not Donald Sutherland's character lives or dies, right? If he's guilty or not guilty. And, uh, and I thought it was pretty interesting. And I, I thought that some of the things that they had going on with the, the social media aspect and the, the, there's a great um, kind of soliloquy that he has at one point about how um, justice isn't about getting it right. Right. You know, it's about getting it close enough. Right. As close as. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, and I thought that was really interesting. So I recommended that you watch it. And of course, I said, oh, you need to go watch this. And of course, your your reply was, well, I like it. And I'm like, why the hell would I tell you to watch it? If well, I thought because you, were you could think it was cool and just, you know, say it's a cool movie and just politely say, oh, you should watch this. Not really considering whether or not I would actually find it interesting. So yeah, but I thought you would find this interesting. Okay. And that's but, why I said, <laughs> that's yeah. why I wanted clarification. And um, I will say this before you say whatever you thought of it. Um, I didn't like the ending. I thought it ended way too abruptly. Right. I still had a lot of questions. Right. Afterwards. Um, because it ended so abruptly to me that it was like, Oh wait. Okay. It, it, I, I didn't feel like they really had time to make whatever point they were trying to make. Um, I thought that it was kind of obscured by how, how quickly it ended. Um, but one thing I did really like about it was the fact that really there's very few characters in it. And there's a lot of scenes where it's just Donald Sutherland and his captor. And it made me feel like this could easily be done as a play. Um, and I like movies like that because I like plays. Um, I, and so I thought the way it was staged was, was pretty interesting. Um, so I like that. What did you think of American Hang? All right. So I know I mean, because <laughs> you were like, I told, what was it? I was working. You told me to watch it. I think it wasn't at this past Saturday or something. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Because um, uh, T'Challa was here and mm -hmm. he watched 
most of it with me and he he was pretty interested you know so i i was working and i was like you know i'll watch it later and fortunately i didn't have any other shows or whatever that i was like oh you know as soon as i'm done working i'm gonna go watch it so i was like all right i'll watch it because i do like donald sutherland mm-hmm. and you know you you given me a little bit but not so much that i was like well i already know the premise of the thing so i don't need to watch it I actually really enjoyed it. So I remember texting you throughout it. And even, well, for one, there were some pretty graphic pieces in there. That was a lot. But the character who abducts uh, Donald Sutherland's character, I knew him just by his voice. So early in the film, the film you don't see his face. Right. But I knew once he spoke who he was just, you know, in real life. And so that too got me interested um, because I wanted to see him in something other than what he's primarily known for. So I'm going to, I'll leave it very ominous as to who he is. Um, But the, so I was, yes, the ending, I was just completely shocked. Yeah. I was, when it happened, I was like, huh? Because I was like, wait a second, but this is all being streamed live. So how did this happen in this amount of time? And but I wasn't as disappointed as you about the way it ended. I thought it was interesting, and and I liked that. I kind of you know it wasn't you know completely wrapped up in that moment. So I didn't mind the hanging um, of the last part of it not being you know completely closed out. Right. But I did thoroughly enjoy it, and I, I appreciate that you did uh, suggest it. I just wasn't expecting it to be as graphic in the earlier portions. Although I warned it. you, because I, I said, I know you don't like horror movies, and you're yeah. going to start watching this, well, and you're going to it think was, it's a horror movie, no, but it's not. No, no. See, I didn't even take it as a horror movie. It's definitely more of a suspense type of movie. But, yeah. the, but it starts off kind of like a Saul kind of thing. Matter of fact, they even make jokes about it being like Saul. Really? Because, yeah, I, I never saw Saw. But I wasn't completely disturbed by the premise of it. Just seeing what's done to someone, I was just like, holy crap. So, but yeah, I mean, I definitely suggest watching it. It's a very, it's very insightful. It's very now, it's, it's salacious in terms of obviously the social media or the social aspect of it. But the law side of it as well is really good. I love most uh law shows anyway but um it was it was definitely i mean i enjoyed watching it that evening so i appreciate that recommendation and um i know that online there's there's some mixed reviews about it but um on imdb it's a 5.9 out of 10 and rotten tomatoes has 50 percent see i thought it was i I thought it was better than that i would not have given it 50 percent um i mean i you know, is, is it like, you know, amazing? No, but it's a good movie. Um, and I was surprised, actually, because I, after I watched it, I went online to watch, to look at some of the reviews. And I was surprised at how mixed they were. I mean, yeah, some people really hated it. Um, and I don't know if, I know that like Julian found parts of it kind of slow. Um, and it is an odd film in that there are moments of extreme violence and, you know, I, I guess you could call it action. And then there's other parts, though, where it's for like, you know, 15 minutes. It's just like two people talking, you know. And to me, what they were saying was interesting enough. Exactly, exactly. But I, I could see how, you know, some people's attention might wander 
at parts of it, you know. Well, I mean, but I, I agree with you as well as far as it would make a really great stage show. I would I would love to see something like that on on the stage because yeah. it, it does lend itself very well to that. So so yeah, if you guys if anyone's looking for a, a movie to watch that we suggest, I think we both agree that it's it's a good watch. Um yeah. It's the the production quality on it is actually really really good. It's a Netflix standard, I guess you could say. It it doesn't feel like a B movie or anything like that. But it and, doesn't quite feel like a theatrical movie. Either. Right, but yeah, it's it's so. But it's definitely worth watching if you're into that kind of stuff. So if you're into suspense thriller type of thing or even law or social as um stuff, then yeah, that would be a really really good one to to watch. So thanks yeah. again for the for the um, suggestion. I am so it's funny. I I find that I, I'm very seldom actually like viewing on Netflix for you know suggestions. It's like mm -hmm. I'm because I track all the shows I watch. I'm like, okay, is this one back? And I just go and watch it. So yeah. I don't often see. And the fact that my husband and I share the same profile, so then That's it jacks it up is. all of my preferences. So I'm excited because tomorrow is season two of Mindhunter and I love season one and season two from what I have heard is going to be so much even better. So, so what is it? What is I've heard of it, but what is mine? Which one is that? So Mindhunter is um, inspired by actual people and events and it's about the FBI's first um, serial killer profiling division. And so was this during the Hoover? Not Hoover. It's in know. the 70s. Oh, okay. Okay. And, uh, and so they're dealing with some of those guys there. And um, it, it's, it's very interesting. I mean, it's a lot of good. The acting is incredible. Um, there's this one guy who plays a serial killer, actually, who's one of the first ones that they interview and who's, they spend a lot of time with him. And he is so good because he, he comes across as so he's so polite and he's almost likable, but at the same time, you can tell there's something wrong with him. And uh, the performance is just incredible. Um, but yeah, it's about it, these guys. I was um, going to say, it sounds almost like, I don't know if you've ever watched, um, you've seen happy Valley, right? I know I've suggested it to you. I haven't watched it. Anyway, on happy Valley, one of the characters is basically, uh, he's like a rapist and I mean a really crappy guy and you right. completely buy it. But he then followed that up by playing, um, by being on Grantchester, where he was a vicar. Okay. And you completely buy that too. So I'm like, I really, really like, because it is very difficult to do when actors can walk that line of good and evil and you buy it. Yeah. So anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah, so it's about these two guys. One of them is very young and uh, very much believes that you can gain knowledge about killers by talking to them, right? And then he's paired up with this guy who's kind of an older FBI agent who kind of thinks, you know, there's not much to be learned from these guys. They're crazy, right? And um, they kind of end up becoming partners and friends. And um, they're paired up eventually with this lady who kind of runs the division. And um, it's just really fascinating stuff. And th there's a lot of good stuff about their family life as well in the first se season. But in season two, they're going to be dealing with the Atlanta child murders. Wow. Um, oh, the one from the 80s or whatever? Yes. The, yeah. the African-American children that were? Yep. yep. So they're going to be wow. skipping like a few years, like think like three, four years from where the last season ended, this new one. And uh, so they're going to be further along. 
And um, I can't wait. I mean, I've read a lot and seen a lot about the Atlanta child murders. I'm familiar with it. And, um, and the acting is just so good. Um, I definitely would recommend it. Anyway, it comes out tomorrow. And I don't know if they're dumping like the whole season all at once or if it's well, one I mean, that like don't I mean, usually I've only seen one show on Netflix that doesn't dump them all out or at least one that I've watched. I think it's the one with Asan Minaj, his show, I think only comes out like once a week. Um, but usually any of the, the series, they just dump that crap. <laughs> yeah. So which, if yeah, they I, do that, I assume you will be binging this weekend. Well, Julian uh, T'Challa will be with me um, Saturday and most of Sunday. Okay. So I, it's probably not anything I would want him to see. Right. Um, because it, trust me, it's, it's more disturbing than American Hangman. There's not as much graphic violence, but it's a disturbing show, you know. Um, but if you like things like, um, Silence of the Lambs, um, I think you would like this. And it has the added benefit of being even creepier because these are real killers. Right. And a lot of the information is from the real interviews they did with them. And, um, I do think it's interesting when you said that the older, um, cop really found no use or interest in learning, um, like talking to these people. It's like. Well, that was the thinking at the time. Right, right. And I, it's just, it's crazy because I'm sure 50, 100 years from now, people will look back and it'll be similar in a way. You know, it's like, well, why did you guys do this? It, don't, it obviously makes sense to just do this kind of thing. Right. So, but yeah, that is, I'm, I'm almost tempted to watch it. It's just the subject matter is, um, I don't know, it's a bit much. <laughs> well, you should watch at least the first episode of Mindhunter. Um I think you would, I, I think what it, it'll work on you. Cause I think you'll get suckered into the character and relationship stuff. Yeah. And then before you know it, you're like more interested in like the serial killer stuff. Um, so. Well, I mean, cause, cause what is it? My first you watch saw... it took me a little while for them to get to the, all the serial killer stuff. And I'm like, mm -hmm. what the hell is this? Right. <laughs> then, then it got into the other stuff. You're like, I'm, I watch for this specific purpose. Right. I'm so not here it... for this dude, his girlfriend, you know? So is it kind of like the fall? Or did you watch The Fall? Um, I've seen a movie called The Fall. No, it's the one, the series that has um, the chick from X-Files and the guy who plays the main character in the, the um, what, is the, what are those movies? The Zane books. The, what, is, what were the, the main Zane books that they turned into a movie? I don't remember. Oh, jeez. Anyway, no, I've never watched The Fall. I've never heard of it. Okay, because, oh, wow. I feel like, okay, all right. That was another really good series, and, and it is darker. So I do think that you – it would be of interest to you, to be honest. Um, so I, And I guess is it anything like uh, – what is that series that David Tennant did the where he was basically a detective? Oh, Broadchurch. Broadchurch, yeah. Is it anything yeah, like that? Just harder? That. Okay. Like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, like, there's entire episodes where – nothing creepy happens other than the fact that they're talking to this serial killer, you know, for like 30 minutes and um, they're getting him to reveal details about, you know, why, why did you have sex with the women after they were dead? Why didn't you have sex with them before? Right. And that kind of stuff. And, and to, to know that this is a real dude, you know, it's, it's really creepy. Well, it's interesting though, just in terms of our, just our innate curiosity around things that, aren't quite normal so right. i mean this continued fascination when even Mans manson and 
uh, the Manson family or even with, um, uh, what is it, Ted Bundy, because I ended up watching a whole series that was just about Ted Bundy, just yeah. because I was, you know, there was, because, I mean, I think it's also the narrative they put around it, you know, that, oh, this this attractive, unassuming guy, blah, 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 blah. And I, I enjoyed understanding or seeing that, wait a second, you know, the this weirdo could be anybody off the street kind of thing. So, yeah. so, um, and the fact but, that Bundy used to work at like a rape crisis center. Mm-hmm, thing, yeah, whatever. that was, was like, weird. Wow. That was very weird. <laughs> but I think I saw that series on Netflix as well. Yeah, it was. Um, yep, yeah. I watched it. Oh, you did? Okay. So yeah, I did watch that one. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, so this Saturday, I am planning to see if I can convince T'Challa to see a movie with me. Um, well, you need so to. I'm hoping to see Hobbs and Shaw. Yes, please. But <laughs> I might end up seeing Angry Birds too. Why? Um, well, I don't know. He, he might prefer to see that. I don't know. But um, although he and I both had the same reaction when we saw the trailer for Angry Birds two, which was Angry Birds one was better than we expected. Exactly. I mean, why, well, I never played the game. <laughs> well, ex- yeah, I never played the game. But I never thought that the game was interesting enough that they could then turn around and make it into a movie. Um, but, you know, whatever. So, yeah, yeah I saw the, the, the trailer for it. I'm like, yeah, no, pass. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we both played the games, you know. But um, when I saw they were making it into a movie, I'm like, how? But the movie was decent. You know, it was pretty decent. Um, but I just don't think anybody, anybody was saying, hey, let's make an Angry Birds 2. Well, I will say my I bet vote, even the guys who made Angry Birds 1 were shocked. That they were even making the first one, let alone a second one. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I would definitely suggest going to Hobbs and Shaw because it's just a lot – it's fun, you know? Yeah, and again, and I, think, I think he'll like it because, like, Idris Elba's in it, and he's kind of almost like a super character. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so yes, I'm hoping I can convince him because he's a little hesitant to see, like, action – just like you know action movies mm-hmm. he's like well i don't usually watch this so if i could convince him that it's like a almost like a superhero science fiction type thing i think he'd probably be more down for it well it is if i tell that him there's like piece. cyborgs or something right well there is essentially that yeah. whole piece with idris elba that is it so so yeah you could totally just sell him on that and That's i guarantee you he'd probably end better than angry birds too so yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I saw, so this week I saw The Kitchen. I went with Gwen, you know, my usual movie date. Right. And it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. Because, you know, you're, you're, it was, oh my God, Barry, there were parts in there that you do not see coming and you're like, oh my God. (laughs) There were people, people were, you know, wincing in the theater. And I mean, it was, it was so good though. And I mean, you know, again, this whole fascination with like serial killers, of course, everyone has fascinations about the mob. <laughs> and right. so, but it was, it was like, she was very uncomfortable and she's like, you know, had she known what she was going to see or hear <laughs> going into it, she wouldn't have. But I was very much impressed by the acting of, you know, Melissa McCarthy and Tiffany Haddish, who are generally not straight people when they play. Right. They always are the goofy ones. And Elizabeth Moss did a fantastic job as well. So I think that if you have the time, and even if it's something you see by yourself, 
I think you would actually enjoy the kitchen. It was, it was really good. Hmm. For me, anyway. I, 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 I would watch it again. Gwen would not watch it again, but I would absolutely see that again. So this week, uh, or I should say next week, Tuesday, because it comes out this week, is Good Boys, right? So yeah, I pl- we plan on seeing that one next week. And I do think it's funny. Um, I saw a commercial on TV about it. And so Gwen doesn't have uh, cable, which is so is so weird to me when people say, I don't have cable. I know you don't have cable right now, but I'm like, how could you just not have cable? So screaming the hell out of everything. I know, but still it's just, you know, it's kind of like having the home phone. I still have and a home phone. I don't phone. have the home phone. Yeah, I have a home phone because I'm that old school about it. And I've had that number forever. So I'm like, I'm not just going to give it up. So I have a home phone. Yep. I just got um, That's it. Yeah, it, that's just weird. And <laughs> <laughs> so, so in the commercial, though, so, yeah, I was telling her, oh, in the commercial that she did not see, I said, it's funny because, you know, um, Seth Rogen, is it Seth? Sure. Uh, is an executive producer on the show, on the movie. Huh. And so he interviews the guy. The guys are, the boys are sitting there across the desk from him. And he's like, um, you know, I have some bad news to tell you. And you know, basically you can't see the movie you just did. And, and, you know, the kids are like, why, why, you know, what? He's like, yeah, there's, and so he kind of goes into the explanation of the types of things that kids generally are not allowed to see on TV. But I'm only hoping that the funniest parts weren't just in the trailer and that they don't overdo it. Cause you know, it's like when they try too hard for the laughs and they just do stuff that's like, you know, just for the sake of doing it, like, oh, this is funny. We'll throw that in there, and it doesn't necessarily work. Um, but I am looking forward to to seeing it because, I mean, yes, I felt really bad laughing at the trailer when it's these, you know, teenagers or young kids uh, yeah. are doing, huh? Yeah, I said, yeah, they're younger than teenagers. Yes, yeah, they're like maybe what, like ten, eleven, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'm looking forward to the the raunchy comedy <laughs> that has kids in it. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I still feel like really guilty about that, but I'm looking forward to it and I'm going to go see it uh, more than likely next week. It is saying though on IMDb, it's got a 5.6 out of 10. Oh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it an 81%. Media Critic gives it 52%. And usually with these types of movies, I don't put a lot of stock in what, the critics stay say because you know i'm like it, there are movies that i've seen that critics completely panned it and i enjoyed it so you yeah. know it's completely fine with me i think night school is one of them that the critics didn't really care for too much you know i started to watch that last night i don't oh, really I, I watched the trailer and yeah. i was like parts of this look hilarious and then there's like other parts i'm like wow that looks really stupid so i didn't watch it yet but yes so i, I like am- kevin hart Yes, yes, yes. And if you like him in that movie, he's another movie you might end up seeing. So IMDb gives Night School 5.6 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 27%. And Mm. I actually enjoy it. Now it's yes, 27. (laughs) So well, and here's the thing: the move the budget for the movie was 29 million. It made 103 million. So, you know, whatever, good or bad, I still enjoyed it. It's gonna be a night school too. (laughs) um i don't know about all that but i i enjoyed it all the same so so yeah i don't always go by what the critics say yeah there'll be there that's just like the critics hated that movie sucker punch and i loved it i I still watch it sometimes i don't know if i saw that one i mean i know of it but i probably 
But yeah, um, maybe I should take uh, T'Challa to see Good Boys. <laughs> that would oh, be so wrong on so many levels. <laughs> Having your son, what? No, 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 no. What is it? Do you feel better that he's watching it with you than with somebody else kind of thing? Or... I don't uh, yeah, yeah, I could tell him. I, I said, no, it's like the Goonies or something, I think. I don't know. Let's just... <laughs> so. Yeah, that, that could probably, yeah, I'm sure that would sell it right there. And don't tell your mom about this. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I know I'd written down something that I figured we would talk about, but since it's been a fun show, I'm going to just save it because it's, it'll do like we did the last time where everything get like dark and sad for a while. I don't want to, I don't want to go there. So was there anything else you wanted to cover today before we actually wrap the show? Cause I'm trying for us to be better about being consistent. Um, recording. Not really. I was spoiled. We were talking about movies. I was spoiled over the summer cause I could just see a movie any damn day I wanted to. Um, but now, you know, it's like, I don't want to go see a movie on a weeknight because I have to get up at five 30 every morning. And I'm like, I only have so many hours at home. Ten o'clock. <laughs> I can read a little bit and then go to sleep. And um, so I have the weekends, but a lot of times T'Challa doesn't want to go to the movies. He wants to just like hang out with me, you know. And um, which you know I understand. We he wants to play and that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, the movie's like two hours where we're just sitting there. And well, yeah, and I mean, I, I think it's really cool for your kid to actually want to spend time with you versus going to see a movie with you. I mean, I'd be like, just take me to the movies, but okay. <laughs> yeah, and um, so I'm I, I'm kind of looking forward to the summer. <laughs> I'm two that weeks just then, right, year. right. And I'm like, when the hell's the summer? Well, um, I mean, and it's funny you say that because I think I said it last week. I was grateful because it was like, oh, hallelujah, I can go to the movie on a Tuesday because you know, of course, that's a five dollar day. And I mean, I do pay for that pass where I could see three movies a week and it doesn't matter when or on what screen type I see it, but Mm -hmm. it was just really nice to go into the movie and it be empty. Like that's my best viewing experience. I'd much rather go in a theater where there's maybe 10 of us total than to have, you know, tons of people there and kids crying and all that kind of stuff. So it was very nice walking into the theater last week and there being like nobody there. Yeah. So nice. So yeah, you want to see it when it's summer. I want summer to be over so I can get back to normal. <laughs> yeah, this this is already the longest school year ever. So <laughs> and only two weeks in. I mean, what what recently now has happened besides the whole debacle of kids not knowing or not being able to understand five pages of text? Um, uh, what else has happened? Oh no, I just, I love my first block. Those kids are great. Um, which is it's and it always seems to happen this way. I hope none of them listen to the show. Um, <laughs> I, I hope so too. When I listen to, um, when I listen to, when I have multiple um, courses that are the same. So, for instance, like right now, I have a first block American lit and a fourth block American lit, right? And I love the kids in first block. We just we groove. They they are they. I say all right, let's silent read. They silent read. You know, let's talk. Let's talk. Right. And um, they try so hard, but then like my, my other class, the one that they're just too damn loud, right? They give me a headache every day. I have to shout <laughs> at them all the time. They, they have higher grades. Really? Right? The ones who like don't even want to learn, they're, they're fine. That's usually the way it goes though. Hmm. 
and I don't know why I, I, it could be that maybe I don't think it's like, Oh, they're so advanced. They're bored with what's going on. And so they're acting out. That's not the case. Um, I don't know what's going on, but that's usually the way it is, is that the slightly better class is actually the one that does better. Um, and I think it, I think what it may be is that um, sometimes you'll have a class. It's like, you know, they're not necessarily the best students, but they really want to please you and they really want to work hard. Right. And I like those classes. Right. And then sometimes you have the, you know, the kids who maybe are a little bit brighter. Right. But, you know, they're annoying. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> but then um, I have my second block, um, which is my ninth grade uh, class. And they're just off the chain. Um, so. So is your fourth block right after lunch? Uh, yeah, so I have first and second block, and then I have this year, I have third block planning. Okay. I have a really long planning, because it takes, it lasts for all everybody's lunches. Wow. In all of third block. So I'm, I'm on planning from 11.45 to 1.45. Oh, my. <laughs> Which, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, they have, like, meetings we have to go to that last, like, 50 minutes or so. But I still, I have, like, another hour, right? Um, and, so what but, do you normally do? Um, so like Monday, Monday and Tuesday, I actually went ahead and did my lesson plans for next week and knocked those out. Um, but then I do some other things like, um, today I went and made some copies for something that we're doing tomorrow. Uh, but I just have tons of time for prep, you know, um, which is fantastic. Um, really everybody should have two hours of planning in the middle of your day. So I mean, like with with your lesson plans, though, I assume you do you would do that before, like before the school year starts. So is that that's really something that you tweak along the way? So you do um, what's called a um, a course. Uh, can't think of the word right now. Pacing guide. You do a pacing guide at the beginning of the year, where you basically say, you know, we want to do these units. You know, we want to spend this amount of time on each one and we want to be done with them by this date and move to the next thing. So broad and, strokes, y'all do kind of the broad strokes right. early on. In okay. your individual lesson plans, which are just for a week, usually like I, they're due on Monday at 8 a.m. for this week. Um, but I generally do mine a little bit earlier. So like I did, I have already finished my lesson plans for next week. And then next Monday, I'll start doing my lesson plans for the next week. Um, and what that lets you do is um, kind of adjust some things. Like next week, we're going to have to be doing what's called RI testing. So one day out of next week, you haven't told me when yet, my whole first block is going to have to take this test. So what is RI testing? Because, I mean, I know every generation there's a slew of tests. So, of course, back in our day, we had ITBS and all of that stuff. But what is RI? Uh, ITBS, isn't that irritable bowel syndrome? Whatever. Don't even. Don't act like you did not take those tests. <laughs> so um, we used to have the California Achievement Test. Yeah, I didn't take that. No. But um, no, the RI test is just what's called reading inventory. And it gives you their Lexile level. Tells you what level they're reading at. Um, and so every student has to take it. And then we can use that data to help with our differentiated instruction. 
So for instance, some classes, I had a class last year where I had some students that were reading on a college level. And in that same classroom, I had people who were reading on a third grade level. Are and, you serious? Yeah. And these are seniors. Well, I would think that based on even the fact that they're doing these testing, that they would then have classes geared toward those types of groups, you know, actually put them with like learners or people at the same level. All right. So that's a no, no. (laughs) Why? You don't don't want to put everybody of similar skill levels necessarily in a class because that can reinforce uh, self-esteem issues and negative stereotypes. You don't want a kid to feel like, Oh, he's in the class with the slow readers. But um, by putting so, them in, but there's the argument on the other side. You put them in with people who are more advanced and they're left behind. But studies so, show that if you put them in classes with people who are more advanced, that they will, they will be slightly lifted up. Okay, um, well, I will say that the, so, as the individual who is the more advanced in the class, when slower kids are in the class, it pisses me off because it slows down my ability to learn even more. Right. So So we're supposed to do like some differentiated instruction, which means that I might give you, for instance, an article about, um, you know, the high cost of dentists these days. And I'll give you one that's on a Lexile level that's for your range. Right. And I have little Timmy over here who reads on a third grade level. And I'll give him the same article because there are websites out there that will do this. The same article, but it's written at a third grade level. Right. Or actually slightly above his level because you want them to you know, work. Um, and so you're both reading something on the same topic, but it's differentiated for your particular levels. Right. Um, and then when we do group work, um, the best thing to do is generally to have like a group of four. And in that group, I would like have a high achiever, like maybe you. Right. And then I'll have Timmy in your same group. And then I'll have two people that are kind of like in between you. Right. Okay. So let me just stop you right there. Now yes. that I'm understanding this teacher psychology crap. So <laughs> the whole, cause what ultimately happens when you do stuff like that and you put one advanced person and then the other people are slackers, it perpetuates the whole they're, thing about us carrying other people. And you, by the time you get to college, slackers. whatever, well, whatever. Are not as academic. Okay. Yes, yeah. you can PC it, whatever. But I'm just saying that it is not cool when you are the, the person who is the advanced learner in the group and you right. have to slow down or you end up taking on more of the responsibility because not everyone is carrying their weight. Right. So there's a whole lot of things. There's a whole lot of books and classes out there like on how to make, um, how to design group work that is both has group accountability and individual accountability, right? So that you can ensure that, for instance, one person doesn't do everything. And Right, because that, that works. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, I think I've designed a few things where it worked pretty well. Um, but what you have to do is, you know, just make it quite clear that there, there is a group grade, but your larger grade will be your independent work. And so if Timmy isn't doing his work, right? You don't do it for him, but I'm not going to penalize you for the fact that Timmy didn't do his work. Well, it's good if the individual score is higher than the group, because there's been cases where I've been in school, and it's the reverse of that. 
And it's like, you've got to be kidding me. Right. Yeah. So. And, and sometimes, you know, um, it works very well to, because some kids, they don't like to ask the teacher for help. So if you do pair them up with somebody like you, right, um, you know, maybe they'll ask you things that they don't feel comfortable asking me, right? So. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not smart across the board. There are some things, as you very well know, Barry, that I'm dumb as a brick. But, yeah, academically speaking and being in classes, I realize that I prefer individual work. If I'm going to do group work, I'd like to pick the group myself, you know, rather than having it assigned. Yeah, and sometimes I'll let that happen because um, you never want the same group all the time. And so some days I'll say, all right, you guys just group yourself up for, you know, whoever you want to work with. Um, and some days I'll assign it. Um, some days it'll be, you know, mixed up. You know, and sometimes I'll just do it by um, proximity. I'll just say, okay, you guys in the back, you're working together. You guys over here, you're together, that kind of thing. So you always want to mix it up. So like don't, they don't have like assigned seats. They just kind of sit wherever, whenever. Um, so a lot of teachers, they assign seats, especially because it helps them learn names. Yeah. I never assign seats. Um, the first days I always say, you know, sit wherever you like, just make sure you like where it's at. Cause that's where you're going to stay. Right. Yeah. And I like that. And usually I always tell them, you know, I'm going to treat you like grownups until I can't treat you like grownups. Um, so I think you should be free to sit where you want, sit next to who you want or avoid whomever you want. But if it becomes an issue, then I will decide, you know, you need to move. That kind of thing. So. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure that you're a really cool teacher. Um, I, I never thought that you would end up teaching by any, <laughs> just never did. But it seems like, you know, it was maybe based on the things you say and that kind of stuff that this was ultimately where you were supposed to end up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, like I said before, sometimes I think, well, I should have done this years ago, but mm -hmm. yeah, I don't think I would have been ready for it. Maybe not. And I mean, I know that all teachers at some point reach burnout. And so you're still a generally, you know, a generally new teacher. So you're still, you know, you've got kind of that glow of, Oh, this is awesome. And then, I think as the years go by and there's all the, you know, the bureaucracy and blah, blah, blah that, you know, but maybe by that time you'll be ready to actually retire. So that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Most of them get burned out in like 15, 20 years. Anyway, 15, 20 years. Hey, it's time right. for me to go anyway. That's true. That's very <laughs> true. Although my under, so my parents were talking at one point, cause I think in general people think, Oh, well, 65 is the retirement age. Yeah. And apparently it varies. And I didn't really realize that it, that it could actually shift around in your 60s that it doesn't necessarily mean 65 you could have have to wait until you're 67 or something like that and I just think that's just so weird yeah the earliest without being disabled you can draw um, social security 62 but your benefit is greatly reduced um, full retirement age is 67 um, but if you wait until you're 70 you'll receive your full retirement benefit plus extra wow um, so for instance i actually i actually printed my social security report out today oh so, really oh wow so if i retire at age 62 i'll get about 1200 dollars a month if i retire at age 67 i'll get 1800 dollars a month if i wait till i'm 70 i'll get 2200 dollars a month 
And that's assuming Social Security is still around when you hit yeah. retirement age. Because, like, for me, it's so sad. I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't even think about it because I doubt it'll be around when, I, when it's time for me to retire. They, well, they would have done something to mess it up. What I used to tell people, you know, because I used to do financial um, retirement planning, so, mm-hmm. is I would tell them, you know, look at your health, look at your family history, and use that also to gauge when you want to retire. Because, for instance, most of the men on my father's side of the family, actually both my father and my mother's side of the family, they die in their 70s. Okay. So if I'm probably, you know, I'm heavy, um, I have high blood pressure, um, I have a lot of issues. If I am also going to die in my 70s, I want to to be retired long enough to maybe enjoy it. Exactly. You don't want to hit 70 and be like, oh, I got two years to... (laughs) So enjoy it kind of thing. I'm going to die at 73. Why am I going to work till I'm 70? Exactly. Um, So I probably will retire at 62 if I can. Um, But, you know, you can always put it off a little bit. Yeah, um, I mean, because I I think about that as well. I mean, certainly now that I'm self-employed, it's a little bit different. I certainly have the benefit of having been vested with teacher's retirement. So when we left the library, I at least knew that was going to be there. And I'd, I'd like to believe, even though it's the whole putting eggs in, you know, all your eggs in one basket, I'd like to believe that's still going to be there. So even if Social Security goes belly up, um, I'm hoping that we'll still have our retirement. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, I want to, I want to be able to, to, um, to retire at 62. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Because I mean, I think as Americans, so many people carry so much debt at this point that people can't, I mean, we're, we're living, living longer for one, but we can't effectively retire because we carry such a high debt balance that you have to work to, to pay it down. So I mean, I'm on a, a debt management program right now. And so all of my credit card debt will be completely paid off uh, in 2023. And, you know, part of doing that, they, you know, they make you close out all of your credit cards. And it was the first month was very much an adjustment because I'm so used to like looking at which card, oh, this one has like $30 on it. I can buy the, you know, or whatever. But now it's like, oh my gosh, I don't have what, what I thought was a safety net, but what was really a crutch of a credit card to cover anything so it does make you a bit more deliberate in what it is that you're doing and you think um yeah you think a lot more about what it is you can do without what you can't um and then of course now with all the recent news about the the upcoming recession which i mean people were predicting it long before this but it is a scary thought too because especially when you're in a certain type of business so if you're self-employed and you offer services some of those services at some point become, you know, like an elective for people. Right. And so it's like, yeah, we, we don't need you. I, fortunately, I don't think that that would be the case with my clients because I do so much for them that if they had to do it themselves, they would still have me do it for them. So, uh, but it is, it is a concern. I mean, you know, I'm like, I hope that everything doesn't go to pot before 2023 because I don't want to have to be paying on the credit cards. Um, I know next year is when I'll be finished with the car payments. So, you know, I'm like, I, you know, it's kind of like, please just give me five more years just so that I can, you know, get out of all of that and just, you know, be in a better place so I can start to 
to, you know, put some money away. But it is, it is difficult even being self-employed because a lot of times you end up still living paycheck to paycheck, depending on your circumstance, of course. Yeah. So, so yeah. All right. Well, I guess we should wrap this up. All righty. It's been, yeah, I know I said like what, almost 30 minutes ago, let's wrap this up and we, we kept going. So, (laughs) all right. So, um, I think we've got everything. I am going to be the nerd about this and pre-plan next week's outline after we get off the the line. You looked at this week's outline. I had more stuff on it than you. Yeah, you did. I was shocked when I went in there and I was like, ah, I thought you said you weren't going to use it. Yeah, we didn't even talk about how much of a nerd I am and have this whole outline all nicely done. Huh? <laughs> we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> Whatever. Fine. Oh, what show is it that you're itching to go watch then? Oh, um, Big Brother comes on tonight at nine. Oh, okay. So you got to get ready for that. Yeah, it's live eviction. Ah, okay. All right, then. Well, I guess until next time, this is LaToya. And it's Barry. Bye. Peace out.